Welcome to Kites and Strings, the podcast where we explore creativity, the idea that we are all creative, that there's tremendous value in recognizing our creativity, and the idea that tapping into our creativity is a necessity. It allows us to not only get through difficult times, but to excel in the process. The hosts, Steve Plume and Catherine Shinnock, are both trained art therapists and professional licensed counselors in Chicago and New York City. And on the surface, they serve quite different clientele. But they're also creatives who often stumble across and ponder many concepts and ideas as they respectively explore various media, genres, and creative ventures. They share their own experiences with finding balance between being a creative and living a fulfilled professional life while emphasizing the ever-present tension that exists in this endeavor. The title, Kites and Strings, references the tension experienced between the artistic, often showy, and gregarious kite and the grounded, reasonable string. A kite in flight is awe-strikingly beautiful and thrives on what can be described as almost argumental tension. But let's not forget the right setting and environmental conditions are needed too. So we explore those topics as well. In this episode, we explore how difficult times like those that we're living in currently can bring out our most creative selves. So let's grab that string and fly that kite. How are you doing, Catherine? Good. How are you, Steve? I'm doing well. Crazy busy doing all sorts of stuff, adapting to the whole pandemic world that we live in and coming up on the weekend, which has been the most changed component for me. I have the the benefit of being able to work from home and doing telehealth. And even with my consulting job and training job, I'm doing that from home. But the weekends are different. We have to adapt. Yeah. Lots of adapting. Um For me, it's been actually a really smooth transition with the pandemic because being new to New York, I haven't really settled into social circles too much yet. And I left a job a month before uh, we went into lockdown. So I had this like limbo time of starting to adjust to less responsibilities and being outside of a 40 hour work week. So my adjustment has been the the unique experience of building friendships through the internet, like Zoom chats, and then not knowing these people in person. Yeah, that's a difficult stuff. Like you said, meeting people and connecting with people, it's so different. It's so different. And so I had a few friends that I knew from doing circus, and we started during pandemic to do our own like Zoom workout. And so I've gotten to know those people a little bit differently, but there are people who I met in person first. And then just being a part of some therapist groups, there's been like a weekly happy hour. So I've started doing the weekly happy hour and have now made some friends who I actually just last weekend met one person in person. It was her birthday. So I was like, sure, let's go sit in the park. And it was, it was such a weird experience of like, I've been chatting with you for like a few hours every week for like the last eight weeks. And now I'm like seeing you in person. Right. So it's been just an interesting way to transition. And it's, it's been period of adaptation. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking of, of things like, like you said, you're meeting the same person, these people that you've talked with and you've gotten to know, 
um, which is so different to how we used to do things. It really is. Well, so how long have you been married, Steve? 25 years. You've been married 25 years. So you and your wife did not meet online. No, we did not meet online. I mean, I've certainly talked to people. I know people that have been through that process. Mm-hmm. But that's, so that's what this feels like, right? To know someone a little bit through unusual channel channels. When I first started dating, like, hello, we had landlines and you got a busy signal. But I right. remember I... I ended my 13 year relationship at 35 years old, I started dating and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Right. right. Now now I feel like I'm the, the dating experience I had at 35 where it went from like, Oh, I'm supposed to text somebody is like what I'm doing now with friends where it's like, I'm not going to meet friends in person. I'm meeting friends online. Just like I used to meet partners online. When you meet people now, does it feel different? Do you feel like you know them more? I mean, has it improved it at all? Um, well, it, it's interesting because, like, I feel a person differently. Um, okay. You know, you meet someone online and you get a sense of them, but you're in a Zoom chat with, like, eight people. So it's group dynamics. It's also, like, little, like, Brady Bunch box dynamics. And to switch from that to, like, meeting in person, like, I, I have a sense of who you are and how you're going to be, but there's still that, like, awkwardness of, like, oh wait you are an actual person wait and I would give you a hug but I'm not supposed to give you a hug because COVID and then we sat in the park and we ate um pastries but we had masks on so it's like like you take your mask like your side I tried taking like one side off to eat a bite and then I tried the lift to eat a bite and the lower to eat a bite so like you're you're what what was cool is like both of us because she hadn't seen anybody before either both of us are sitting in the park trying to figure out how to eat with masks on there was a leveled playing field there of awkwardness like I feel like it's just a completely different way of getting to know someone than to see it. You know what? It happens maybe a little bit faster. Cause I think about the friends that I've made out here just from going to like circus classes. So mm-hmm. it's like the same people every week. And finally, after like week four, we start talking a little bit more. And then after week five, someone's like, Oh, should we get food after class? Like just relationship development is interesting, whether it's a friendship or a partnership like online, it feels a lot more deliberate Mm. and it's more thought out. You're sort of seeing how you are presenting to them and you're checking your hair, (laughs) you know, in real life, you're just kind of there and you're improvising more. Oh, for sure. So here's a great question. And you're in a Zoom chat or a group chat. Do you look at the person you're talking to or do you look at yourself? I found that you can shut yourself off. I haven't done it that often, but I try not to look at myself but mm-hmm. I certainly see myself. I recently shaved my head, but before my hair was like flipping up and, and it's like, <laughs> and I was aware of those things. And I, I've thought about like in sessions, I was never aware of my hair flipping up and it may very well have been flipping up. Your and hair has been flipping up since I met you in 2000. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing. Yeah. But I think of things like, how are we having to be creative in that process? Absolutely. And, and my, you know, I'll use my wife as an example. She's a clinician, really good clinician. She works with kids. She works with kids using Santry therapy, <laughs> right? And we're talking three, four, five years and, and up. The amount of 
effort it takes for her to put on that type of session. Yeah. Because it's just so different. You can't do a lot of it, but then it does force you to think and scratch another part of your brain. Oh, absolutely. That So that's a piece that I really enjoyed about teletherapy. What have you done differently? Yesterday, you're going to love this. I had the most fantastic session yesterday, and I actually... Um, reference this because I was working with a woman who is a stage actor, really, really struggling with um, like, what, what is her job going to be? Mm-hmm. And so in just talking about creativity and exploring your creativity and thinking out of the box, I was trying to like encourage her to do some things she normally wouldn't do. I was like, go play guitar in your bathtub. And then I was like, wait a minute, are you on a phone or a computer? She was talking to me on her phone. She literally went and sat in her bathtub. We did therapy part of the time while she was sitting in her bathtub. That's so funny. It was amazing. It was exactly this kind of like what we're talking about is like, how do you take the limitations, which telehealth is a limitation, teletherapy is a limitation, Mm -hmm. but really like optimize the, the options you have. Like never could I get someone to do that. At best you could have them imagine it. that leads me to think, where else do we invent in these difficult times and with these limitations? And a side note, Catherine and I are using Squadcast, which has video and audio technologies to record this. You'll learn soon why I add that to this note. Oh, this is really interesting. What is the virtual way of establishing a new friendship where you get to do things that you normally wouldn't do? I mean, I guess the obvious thing, I'm going to answer my own question as I'm talking (laughs) And it's like, you're seeing my, you see my bedroom right now. I'm sitting in my bedroom. Like you would never see my bedroom. And so in flipping, like in flipping back and forth from like my, my role as a therapist versus my role as like a friend or just a person, I think more about it as a therapist, obviously, I don't want to see clients in my bedroom. Right. But if I'm just casually chatting with a friend or a new friend, I'm not really thinking about that. And I may pick up my phone or my computer and walk around my house. And like, then someone's seeing, like they're getting a tour of my house. Like, hi, I met you. I've I've never met you in person. Welcome into my house, stranger. (laughs) So we know things are changing and that we have to adapt. But are we going to create something that is based on things we already know, or are we going to do something completely different? So all of this talking about how we're creative without even realizing it and how we have to adapt and how much we do so much in order to just survive and make things work. And of course, we're, we're trying to replicate what we've known before, but there's some things we can't replicate. So it becomes what it is, the new normal. Yeah, well, I, I think that's really interesting. I've caught myself trying to replicate what I would normally do. I mm-hmm. never would think to FaceTime someone in, until this pandemic. Now I'm FaceTiming and Zooming people left and right. Right, right. It reminds me of people that are vegetarians. And I've talked to somebody, I have some good friends that are vegetarians and one that's been a vegetarian forever. And what she's told me is when you try to replicate meat, like creating a tofu turkey is going to suck. 
Yes. So just, just throw that out the wind. Don't try to replicate. There's probably some exceptions that have been better, but really try to make something new. Totally. So you know, you know where I've really seen this work and fail is in the aerial community. So obviously nobody's performing. So what people have been doing a lot of is cabaret shows. I've watched a bunch of them and they go through Zoom. And so when I see an artist, an aerial artist, try and do what they would do in a on a stage in a performance venue and try and do it through Zoom, it, it's fine. I know enough about what they're doing where I can imagine it in a bigger space. But what blows my mind is when the artist does something really different. A pole dancer could never have their audience below them. But if I'm recording this through Zoom, I can certainly put my phone under my pole. And how cool is that? I saw a juggler and the juggler had the video above him. So you're seeing these balls like basically shoot up in your face on your screen. It was the coolest thing I had seen. And so the contrast in like trying to recreate what you would normally do versus like, how do I use this new way of doing things? Mm -hmm. It's super cool and so inspiring. Similar. I mean, I've done a number of open mics and I've done some online concerts. And the thing is the the world is inundated with those. There's so many of them now. And and the trick is, well, how do you make it a little different? Yeah. Right. Or but but when I've seen people, even open mics, we're talking amateurs, it's like, well, what are they doing that's a little different? One of the cool components about these open mics is you get to it feels intimate. You're in their space. Yeah. I mean, yeah. or I've had people that say the best sound they get when they're playing is in their bathroom. So we're seeing people sitting on their toilet playing the guitar and you can see the toilet paper roll behind them or whatever, the towels. And and it's like cool. I um, love it. That gets me so excited because then it makes me think like, how can I, so after watching some of these cabaret shows, I put together my own cabaret show because Mm -hmm. I was like, these are people who are out of work professionals. What about us amateurs? What about us students who look forward to our like annual recital or like amateur Mm -hmm. night? Like I can put this together. And it was so fun to open this door for people to just play, stretch your imagination, do whatever. One one lady, and she didn't end up showing, but I was so curious to see what she wanted to do. She wanted to do some kind of like contortion-y kind of stuff in her kitchen uh-huh. cabinet. I was like, yes, get in your kitchen cabinets. I want to do it. That's really cool. And you don't know what's going to come out. Yeah. Right. One of the things I've been working with the filmmaker is we've been doing these sort of distance jams, these these videos where each person plays their part of a song. And um, I did recently I played the lead guitar part on Angels from Montgomery, the John Prine song. And so you played the guitar and then did someone else play the drums and someone else play the bass and she laid all the tracks. And right. We start off with somebody lays down the drums and then somebody lays down the, the bass and then it comes to me and then I play my part and then everybody layers over it. And then they come up with some really cool videos. And so this filmmaker, she's actually the, the she's been a bass player and she's been a percussionist in my band. She's a filmmaker, documentary filmmaker. She This has become a whole new kind of market for her. Um, and she's, you know, she's gotten some contracts, not huge. I mean, she definitely would like to go back to the way things were, but this is now something that can be added to her resume. 
So Catherine and I have talked about ourselves and, and we acknowledge that we are creative people and we've spoken about other creative people, both professional and amateur, and how they've endeavored to continue to be creative and explore new ideas even in these difficult times. But what about people that don't typically identify as being creative? And I think one of the things we're doing here, we're talking about sort of these deliberate processes for creating the arts. And those are people that actually engage in the idea of like, how do I become more creative? And I think that, and I think that's a cool component, but I think that people are doing it in so many ways, as we were talking about earlier, it's just kind of happens. I'm thinking of a, a woman I work with. She works in an industry where she has to console people and her main, her main medium is a hug. And that's like a tool that she uses all the time. Yeah. In the pandemic, she's recognized how much that is important to her, right? Because she's not meeting that need for herself. But then she didn't realize some of the things that she's created in without knowing this. So she's made it a point to email people knock-knock jokes that she makes up. I love this. Right? And it's all done to replace. I mean, she never really made that connection. But she's like, yeah, I guess I am doing this. I'm doing knock-knock hugs. I love it. So I think I've made a very, very, very different adaptation, but from a similar like place of need. I'm quarantining by myself and with my cat and, and he's a cat. So affection comes on his terms, not mine (laughs) as all good felines. But I realized pretty, pretty early on in quarantine, I started sleeping on my couch and I was Mm. like, this is weird, but it just felt better to sleep on my couch. And like, after realize like doing that for a while and then paying like maybe more conscious attention to it, it's because the space is smaller and I can feel like I'm being hugged by my couch. My couch are pushing up against me. We're on my bed. Like, sure. I could throw some pillows on there, but it feels really different to like cuddle a pillow under my armpit versus to push my back against something smushy. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So I like right. when it's that, that, that desire for, for touch, I guess. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, because we're in this different context, how do we get these needs met? Yes. My brain creatively found that option. Mm-hmm. It, or my body creatively found that option. It didn't tell my brain, this is what we're doing now. Um, right. And, and so I do think that people are coming up with creative adaptations all the time and just don't always like register it. I mean, that's how our species evolved, right? Right. We're an adaptive lot. I've said that before, I think. Yeah, you know? yeah I'm, I'm convinced. If you take somebody that lives in Antarctica and picked them up like with one of those claw machines from yeah. the, and just picked them up and dropped them on the equator, it's going to suck for them. <laughs> <laughs> but they'll figure it out. Yeah. The first thing is they're going to get rid of that big parka they're wearing. They're going to take off a lot of clothes and right. real quick going to slim down. Right. Which is which is kind of what we do without without thinking about it. I think our brain is wired to adapt. Yes, absolutely. So and, and we do it without thinking. We kind of just call it survival when in actuality it's it's really just it's being it's it's surviving, but it's creating to survive. Well, I think what we're doing is really like throwing a whole bunch of exclamation points on the sentence, humans are innately creative, 
adaptation and development and that that is what creativity is and it's like rawest most primitive form it's not it's not about painting the mona lisa it's like i i made myself not die today exactly you know and some people recognize it as i'm being creative and other people don't yeah so adaptation is creativity Mm -hmm. that we could probably pitch to most human beings and they would buy it if we said human beings are really adaptable I think most people would would buy that more more than they would buy human beings are creative. Right. It does, creativity doesn't have to be amazing, mind blowing or earth shattering, but like creativity just is. But again, I think there, there's this sort of an allure. It's like, okay, you have to be this. It does have to be amazing in order for it to be called creative. It's like, well, no. That made me think about a conversation I had earlier this week where Randomly, someone was telling me they needed to mail a letter and they realized they didn't have any envelopes. So they made an envelope. And like so much credit to that person. The demand necessitated creativity. Uh, yeah. Necessity is the mother of invention. Right there. And invention is creativity. And it's something so like not profound. I needed right. an envelope. So I made an envelope. It worked. It got the letter to the place. That's why we're sitting on something cushy right now. Uh-huh. At one point we were in a cave and we're thinking, man, this this rock is fucking cold. <laughs> and it's hard. Let, what can I do? Kudos you know? to that person who's like, I'm gonna put a pelt on this rock. And people looked around him and said, Oh my God, you're amazing. It's like, well, right. no, my ass hurt. <laughs> Well, and then the next person is like, I'm going to put two pelts down. And it's right, right. Cushier. Right. I'm going to take it. Now I'm going to wrap it around this cushier thing. Yeah. Right. I can move it from one rock to the next. And again, those things that we do just to quote unquote survive. But really, it's tapping into such an, a, a key part of who we are. And then we dismiss it because it's not the Mona Lisa. Yeah. You know, and it's like, gosh, no embrace that think of everything you've invented over a week i really like want to challenge people to like sit down make a list of ways they've problem solved because i'm sitting here and and, like as we're talking about this i'm like thinking about all this like random shit like yeah i've made an envelope before in college my vacuum broke so we used to take duct tape and like just like (laughs) like duct tape vacuum the shitty parts on the floor i mean hello college is like the whole time of adaptations right right. Um, (laughs) for people to just sit and like take a minute and really think about how you have met your own need and those needs can tap into all all corners of our life, right? Whether it's in cleaning your house, whether it's in meeting and connecting with people on the internet, whether it's vacuuming, whether it's anything. Absolutely 100% true. I mean, and to me, the one that should be on every single human being's list is like, I made myself something to eat. And if they do something a little different with it, I I think it's, I I usually think it's, um, I always think I'm really being clever when I, do something a little bit extra, a little bit more loving when I feed my dog, right? Otherwise, she's getting the same damn food over and over again. It's like, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to microwave this or I'm going to pour a little bit of extra chicken broth in there. Or, oh, look, this has noodles now. <laughs> and I'm sure she's as impressed with it as I am. Absolutely. I'm sure she's just as impressed with it as I am. 
stupid as you are. Right. <laughs> Do you vary your cat's food? No. I oh. vary the quantities. Oh, see. He's put on the COVID-19. I mean, old boy has chonked himself beyond chonkiness. I don't This is maybe a testimonial to my cat's creativity and adaptivity. Uh-huh. I, we're on hold now until he slims down a bit. But I uh, give my cat a shrimp. Like, I cook shrimp specifically for my cat, and I give him one <laughs> shrimp a day. And so it started... Shortly after I got him, I must have been cooking shrimp and he did what cats do and was like, rah, rah, rah. I'm like right. between your legs and I'm being super cute. So I like took it and I like chucked it. Uh-huh. Get away from me. I'm trying to cook. And he proceeded to like smack this shrimp around my whole apartment for like a good 45 minutes. And wow. I, this is the most entertaining thing ever. Who needs TV? Who needs sports? And he is a master. And then I just started giving him shrimp on a regular basis to entertain me. And uh-huh. then he realized he didn't need to play with it as much and he just would get one and he would eat it and then I was like wait a minute wait a minute no 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 you don't get your shrimp for free buddy so now he can stand on his hind legs for a good 20 seconds and balance if I uh-huh. have shrimp above his head necessity is a mother it's like and that mother gets us to do stuff and and it's amazing what we can do That's our show. Thanks for joining us as we explored how being in quarantine and, and having to isolate and, and maintain social distance has pushed us to think of new ideas. I'm going to challenge people to do what Catherine suggested. Make a list of everything you've done recently. Things that are new. Things that you figured out for the first time. Stuff that you had to do because of the crazy days that we're in. I bet you're going to find that you're more creative than you thought you were. Embrace that. Grab that string. Fly that kite. want to thank Harrison Amir at Premium Beats for our theme music. And for other original music used in today's episode, I want to thank PurplePlanet.com and Butterfield Creek. If you really want to keep up with Kites and Strings, visit www.kitesandstrings.com or look us up on Facebook.